0: Welcome to the St. Nick's Holy Week podcast, Walking the Way of the Cross. In this series, we will follow in the footsteps of Jesus on his journey to the cross. With each episode, we will draw closer and closer to the moment of his death, and eventually, our final station will bring us to the moment of his resurrection, to the empty tomb on Easter Sunday. Each episode will focus on one of the 15 biblical stations of the cross. For each station, there will be a short reading, followed by three reflections from different perspectives, and ending in a time of prayer. Each part will be read by a member of our congregation here at St. Nick's. The reflections are from Walking the Way of the Cross, written by Stephen Cottrell, Paula Gooder, and Philip North. There are images that accompany each station, which were created by Nicholas Markell. These can be found on our website at stnicks.org.uk holyweek. You may want to find the one for this episode before you begin. We hope that this resource would encourage you during this week, and we pray that wherever you are, and in whatever circumstance you find yourself, you would more fully be able to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ this Easter. For more information or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk
1: Welcome to this podcast. Both before and after our station and reflections, we'll have a short series of gathering prayers and concluding prayers. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus told his disciples, If any ones become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Once we were far off, but now, in union with Christ Jesus, we have been brought near through the shedding of Christ's blood, for he is our peace. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who in your tender love towards the human race sent your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, to take upon him flesh and to suffer death upon the cross, grant that we may follow the example of his patience and humility, and also be made partakers of his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Holy God, holy and strong, holy and immortal, have mercy upon us we now have our station and our reflections.
2: Jesus betrayed by Judas and arrested. We adore you, O Christ, and bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Immediately, while he was still speaking... Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, and with him there was a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. So when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid hands on him and arrested him. And now our reflections on this station.
3: This is the first reflection by Philip North. Why a kiss? It seems a very odd way to betray someone. Couldn't Judas simply have pointed at Jesus? Kissing is what a parent offers to a child, what a lover offers to their beloved. It is the deepest sign of human affection, yet here it is disfigured and distorted. The kiss of love becomes the sign of betrayal as Judas kisses Jesus to his death. Why? Because the people who betray us are usually the people who love us. Of all the difficult pastoral situations that priests and pastors have to handle, the most distressing usually involve betrayal. A wife betrayed by an adulterous husband, a child betrayed by an abusive parent, a teenager betrayed and abandoned by friends. One reason such situations are so difficult is that they demonstrate to us the innate fragility of all human relationships. We desperately need the people in our lives. We cannot be ourselves without their love, their presence, and their support. Yet, we know that human affection is fickle, and so the loneliness we fear is an ever-present danger. Here, The man whose relationship with Jesus is so intimate that he can kiss him uses that gesture of love to give him away to men who will crucify him. Yet as Jesus suffers the fragility of one relationship, so he shows us the utter reliability of another. Jesus has placed his life into the hands of his heavenly Father. A relationship with the God of perfect love is one that can never Suffer betrayal.
4: Our second reflection by Paula Gooder. The Betrayer. The title betrayer is damning. It implies someone who callously deceives another, bringing about their downfall. It is a word that, for nearly 2,000 years, has been associated with Judas. Despite Christian history's near-universal condemnation of Judas, the Gospels are more varied in their treatment. John's Gospel is the most damning. There, Judas is attributed with double motivation, that he stole from the common purse, chapter 12, verse 6, and that the devil had put it into his heart, chapter 13, verse 2. Luke is mildly more forgiving. He did not attribute any motivation to Judas, but did record that Judas had bought a field with the reward of his wickedness, Acts 1, verse 18, and fell over in it and died. Matthew and Mark, however, are different. Matthew records Judas' remorse and attempt to return the money given to him before going out to hang himself, chapter 27, verses 3 to 5, whereas Mark appears neutral. It is indeed the case that English translations call him the betrayer, but the Greek word used in Mark, and indeed in all the Gospels, means simply hand over. While it is clear John used the word To mean betray. In Mark, this is less clear. The word paradidomai is used many times in Mark to refer to brother handing over brother to death, chapter 13, verse 12, to the chief priests, chapter 14, verse 11, especially when they handed Jesus over to Pilate, chapter 15, verse 1, and to Pilate when he handed him over to death, chapter 15, verse 15. In Mark, Judas might have handed Jesus over, but many other people handed him over too. Whereas in John's Gospel, Judas bears the guilt almost single-handedly. In Mark, it is spread among a number of people. Judas may have portrayed Jesus But he wasn't alone in doing so.
5: Today's third reflection is written by Stephen Cottrell. Then they laid hands on him. Here's the thing. If Judas hadn't betrayed him, someone else would have. Everyone was anxious. Everyone knew that things had come to a head. So it was like he wanted someone to hand him over. And we got to thinking that maybe if we did, if someone did, then this was the chance he needed to show people who he really was. So we didn't get in the way. He told us he was from God. We even started to believe it, that he might be the Messiah we had been waiting for. After all, don't we all long for God to come to us? So this was his chance, a chance to demonstrate his power, a chance to weave the magic of his words, the ones that had so entranced us. But it isn't working out that way. So it is convenient to dump the blame on Judas, even when the truth is far more complicated, far more uncomfortable. Because I have betrayed him. I have betrayed him in a thousand little ways by my acts of egocentric self-promotion, by my failure to love, and by my refusal to wash feet. Because I want things my way, not his. He taught me that I will gain life by losing it, but I can't accept that. I still cling on to what I've got, and I'm ready to dump him if necessary.
2: Lord Jesus, you were betrayed by the kiss of a friend. Be with those who are betrayed and slandered and falsely accused. You knew the experience of having your love thrown back in your face for mere silver with families which are torn apart by mistrust or temptation to you jesus who offered your face to your betrayer be honor and glory with the father and the holy spirit now and forever amen holy god holy and strong holy and immortal have mercy upon us
1: Let us pray for the coming of God's kingdom in the words our Saviour taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and for ever. Amen. Let us pray. Most merciful God, who by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, delivered and saved the world, grant that by faith in him who suffered on the cross, we may triumph in the power of his victory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Christ was manifested in the body, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in throughout the world, glorified in high heaven. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. May God bless us, that in us may be found love and humility, obedience and thanksgiving, discipline, gentleness and peace.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening to the St Nick's Holy Week podcast, Walking the Way of the Cross. Join us tomorrow for another episode as we journey closer to the cross of Christ. The readings and prayers to use in this episode are from Common Worship, Times and Seasons. The reflections are from the book Walking the Way of the Cross and written by Stephen Cottrell, Paula Gooder, and Philip North. Published 2019 by Church House Publishing. Copyright 2019 by the Archbishop's Council. Narrated by members of St. Nick's Durham. Original music by Sam Rankin. Special thanks to Philip Alsop, Brandon Herlbert, and to everyone who made this project possible.